You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Nathan Peternell. Praise the Lord. You know, this is uh, not a celebration of what the pastors have done, it's a celebration of what we have done together right across all the campuses this church um, has been so many people who have put their hand to the plow and not looked back they've just been building and serving the lord and what they're doing and it's really an honor i, w- I do want to take a moment uh pastor tim before we get going because there's uh there's two people that have been in this church even before it was life church we'll talk a little bit about the name change that happened when pastor tim came but it's Dallas and Sarah Glover. They have been back here. We honor you. They, uh, They served in so many ways under so many pastors in this community. Um, I I wonder if we'd all be sitting here if it weren't for the influence of their lives. A lot of you have never even met them, but they are just wonderful people and have prayed. We like to tell a story about about Sarah when, when there were no children in the church. She prayed a prayer and said, uh, God, Lord, just send kids into this place. Have them running down the halls. And so uh, the Lord answered that. We got kids in all of our campuses because God heard a prayer that was sincere before him. And so today is just a a real joy. Um, We plan out our calendar a long time in advance. Uh, We kind of work through it uh, at least six months in advance. And we we wanted to preach an evangelism we wanted to talk about evangelism. And when we got there, we looked and we went, oh my goodness, that's going to be on when the 20th anniversary of the church is. And we really need to, um, we, we really need to talk about where our church began because it, it started in, in evangelism that came out of your heart and, and, and just going after people. This is Pastor Tim Martin. He is, uh, when uh, 20 years ago, when, when there was no church that, that was really, um, really growing in Fishers, in the Assemblies of God. Pastor Tim came here with his family, and they began to work very hard. So evangelism's at the heart of the church, and, and Tim, uh, just, just so you know, Tim and I have been friends for 24 years, even yeah. while we were youth pastors. My very first day at Eagle Creek, and uh, uh, here's Kent and Trudy Wells, and they were there the, the day I started, but I, I got a phone call from Tim, and, and he called me, and he says, hey, welcome to Indiana, and I'm like, thanks. He, it's a Wednesday night. He goes, I'll bet you have no idea what you're going to do tonight, and I went, that's true. I have no idea, and he goes, oh, it's all right. They'll never remember it anyway, so, um, so actually, uh, he and I were friends for a long time, so it's been a joy to watch what God's done in your life and how what you yeah. built uh, actually was something that, that my wife and my family got to come and step into. So, Yeah, Pastor Nathan and Christina and Pastor Derek, and I'm, I, I don't think I've met Pastor Derek's wife, but uh, 
It is an absolute pleasure and uh, honor to be here for the 20th anniversary and the celebration. And I just want to say, uh, Becca and uh, the worship team and the IT, you guys, this church is blessed. I mean, that Praise was the Lord. beautiful, yeah, beautiful a worship. Job. Amen. Um, didn't, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't not one time annoyed by any instrument, you know, <laughs> um, or the volume or anything. This was awesome. Um, and you guys got ZZ Top to play with you. <laughs> That's something. Uh, you know, it is, it's an honor. Nathan, you've been, you've been an absolute uh, blessing as a friend and you know, I know when, when, when we left Life Church and heard that you, were, you and Christina were coming, I was like, whew. You know, yeah, I, my, my dad was in ministry, well, his whole life. And I, and I just remember there were times that we would leave a church and the Lord would bring in some leadership to take it to the next level. And then there were times that the, someone would bring in leadership to just take that thing nosediving and it and I used to remember it breaking my dad's heart to watch that and so you know when I when I just uh when I heard and, and it's amazing to see what God has done uh through your leadership and and the campuses all around the the city now uh you know God is just so good but it's it's great to be here uh, it's, it's been it's, fun. It's really an honor hey, to have you. I brought you. my coffee up. He brought his coffee up last service. Yeah, and I don't know what so, happened to it. There no, it is. Then I bring mine in. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm anyway. sorry. Chrissy, can I have my coffee so Pastor Tim I thought, feel I thought it was okay. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you. Do you got any snacks? My cup is bigger than yours. <laughs> you got any snacks in your purse? Or? All right. Well, maybe later. No, actually, um, on, my, on my very first uh, day when I candidated for the church, uh, the, the church had put us up in... Uh, in a hotel here at HTC and I woke up to a text that you sent me and it was it was hey Nathan preach life and uh, yeah I was rooting for you man I was praying for you and uh, it's lot. just it's evident it's evident that God has just yeah. got his hand on on this church well it's so, it's it's been that the Lord's had his hand on it from the beginning we're so grateful for you know you're always standing on other people's shoulders even even you know you came and inherited this building it didn't quite look like it what it does now um, and we were kind of walking around just just talking about the different things that have changed that have been fixed and he was telling me stories uh where it began and how he found it and we uh, were we were winging it we were winging <laughs> hey and listen i stand by this this place did not burn down i just i i stand by it we did some real sketchy stuff early <laughs> on you know but she said it's still yeah it's still standing though ken so but, by the grace of by god by the grace of god <laughs> Uh, we rented a jackhammer one time and just started digging a hole in the, I mean, I think it went right through the back of this and uh, to run some plumbing. I guess it still works. So, <laughs> you know, you do what you can, man. So, well, you know, it's, uh, you, you take what you have, right? And yep. that's so much of, of church planting, right? You, you took what you had and then you said, okay, God. Will you help me? You know, and, and, and you just start working and you and you believe that God is somehow going to to bless that. And that's really what happened. So what we want to talk about a little bit, just we're going to share some stories. I hope I hope you enjoy them today and just get a sense of where our church kind of began. But 
We also want to focus on evangelism. Evangelism is where this church really started because when you don't have people there, you got to go get people. And if you're a church planter, um, you, you can't sit idly by and just think the church is going to grow. You don't have uh, a worship team like you had today. You don't have systems that function and operate correctly. You don't have you know, really children's ministry, really what you did is you came and brought the children's ministry with you, right? <laughs> but you, you just start somewhere. And so you've got to be sharing your life. You've got to be sharing stories with people. And, um, and so that's what we want to kind of talk about today. Um, being God's salt in a light and in, in wherever the Lord plants you and, and God brought you guys here and you you took something that was struggling for a long long time and and just started to to work it i was i was uh over at dallas and sarah's house and and uh you know one of the things that they had said is that there there weren't any kids the pastors that were kind of before you didn't have any kids but it really it took off because you had such a heart for young people as you even shared in the in the skateboarding stories right it's just you you had to take off and start pouring into lives right where you were. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, full disclosure, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, just none. How, how do you pastor a church? How do you grow a church? I, I don't know. I, you know I, never, I don't know that I ever did figure it out. But I did know this, you know, I'd spent seven years, seven, eight years in youth ministry, and, you know, it's, it, it was familiar. It was an opportunity. It was a, a, you know, a moment that was predestined by God. I heard, you know, sitting in my office, no clue. I remember, I, you know, and full disclosure again, I was completely bored. It's just, okay, I don't want to read any more books. I don't want to learn any more about leadership. I don't want to read another <laughs> book about church planting. I want to go do something. I want to go hassle some kids with some skateboards, you know? <laughs> And, and so when the opportunity presented itself and I went out there and, you know, and I got to know these kids and their personalities and, and uh, just having fun. And, and they could see I was having fun with them. They even let me try their skateboards and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, it's my, my dad used to say, hey, just bloom where you're planted. Yeah. Just bloom where you're planted. Let, let, God, let God worry about the details. You know, the word says that before the foundations of the earth were laid, he had planned in advance good things, good works for you to do. That's amazing to me. You know, I feel like, it, you know, if you took a little speck of pepper out of a pepper shaker and just threw it out in the yard and then go look for it, sometimes that's how I feel. You know, I've, you, know the, you probably feel the same way. You know, just feel maybe small. What, what can I do? What can I do for the kingdom of God? What can I do to uh, advance his, his plan and his purpose in my community and, and in my church? And, and we feel small and insignificant, but then you step back and you realize that before he set the sky in order, before he made the mountains, before he filled the oceans, he knew you, he loved you, and he had a plan and a purpose for your life, the details of it. And all we got to do is just walk in faithfulness. All we, do, all yeah. we have to do is, is wake up this morning and say, hey, I don't know all the details. You know, and sometimes I, I wonder, you know, if God shared with me all the details, I just mess them up. 
<laughs> you know, I just like get ahead of God. How many have ever gotten ahead of God? You know, it just doesn't work out. And so, but when we, when we wake up and we begin to move, trust his spirit, listen, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but life is hard. Have you ever thought, of, you know, no one, no, no, <laughs> life is, life is hard. And it's, you know, there's a lot of joy and a lot of peace and a lot of goodness in life, but there's also a lot of pain. And uh, there are people out there in this world that are at the end of the rope, right? And, and we can go and, and be salt and light and be that hope. And I don't know if that's, is that going to lead you into your point? <laughs> well, the point is, is that you... This is our second time around. Are we, we doing be this better any better? This, <laughs> I got the notes. We got, I got the notes. Um, well, and it, it's about, um, you know, going out to make, you're, you're trying to show a life that, that loves the Lord. You took, you took people from all over. You had this natural way, Tim, uh, it's ever since I've known you, you just, you just so warm and you got, of course, you're a massive monster of a man. Some and of so, it's these lights, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. You, you'd put your arms around people and you'd welcome them in. They felt welcome. And there's something attractive. And I think it was not just you, but I think it became the culture of the church. For so many, there's a lot of people in here who've been here uh, many, many years. Um, and they just began to share their life with one another. They began, like uh, Charlie said, right? It was a church that, hey, if you have a need and I can help you, I want to do that. And it, it creates an attractiveness to the God that we believe in, that people start to ask questions about God. Like, like, what is it about you that's so different? I, I gotta know. And, and so life just began to be a place where, I mean, just people were inviting their friends and they were having conversations. You guys would play sports together. You would, you would go out in the park and, and minister and not everything always went like really well when you went out and did that, right? <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, I, re I remember the, uh, one of our celebrations in the park, uh, Bob Lambert was singing, people need the Lord, you know, and, and in his car, the, the cassette got flipped automatically somehow. So when the guys in the sound crew got the tape, it was in a different key. And he tried, and we we're trying to figure out what happened here. Well, first of all, we had to go find a cassette player. It's like, we didn't even, Bob, we didn't even know there were cassettes anymore, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is, this needs to go to the, uh, you know, uh, anyway, I, I don't even remember. So, <laughs> the Smithsonian. So, so anyway, so we try to start this cassette, and it goes a little bit, and then we have to back it up, and then goes a little bit, and then have to back it up, and then we flip it over, and, and on and on. And so I said, hey, listen, why don't we do this? And I felt so bad for Bob. And I said, sound guys, Bob, go over there, work with them. And, and, and as I'm about ready to do, go somewhere different with the, with the service and just kind of give them a second, we had five of those, you know, those big igloo coolers full of lemonade and, and juice and water and all this. This was everything that everybody was going to drink all day, okay? And somehow we had set that table up in the mulch bed. All the, all the drinks, the legs sank down into the, into the mulch, 
I mean, like 30 gallons of lemonade just poured out everywhere. And I, I just remember hanging my head like, this is not happening. And, uh, and you know, it ended up being people laughed, people jumped into uh, Randy and Faith Maddox, didn't even ask them, didn't say anything, jumped in their pickup truck, took off, and came back with a truckload of bottled water. Just, and that's, that's, how, that's how family is. You know, I heard it said my whole life, church is a hospital, and it is a hospital. It's a hospital for hurting people, but it's not a hospital. Church is a family. We're brothers and sisters in, in, in Christ. We're lifting up. Ephesians 4 says that we're, we're, we're holding on to one another with ligaments of love and lifting up Christ who's the head. And, you know, you see all those things. I, I remember a big part of what we used to do is we'd have these fellowship meals. And we'd do this Thanksgiving fellowship meal. And, and sorry, sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I got so tired of dry turkey. I'm like, there has got to be a way to cook a turkey without getting it dry. So I thought, well, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And so Daryl Ann Muha went out and got about 10 or 11 of these roasters. And, and I thought to myself, we're going to roast these turkeys here at the church. So they're going to be hot. They're going to be fresh. Pack those dudes full of butter. I think I got like 30 pounds of butter. I'm not kidding. You. I'm not kidding. I'm shoving butter in every orifice of that turkey. <laughs> I'm like, this thing is going to be juicy. And so I plug, I, pu I plug them all in, and I'm like, why does the power keep going out? You know, I, I guess I just didn't realize how much electricity 11 roasters draws. So, so it's like, okay, let's adapt, improvise, overcome. And we move the turkeys. Every room in this church had turkeys cooking in it. So people are coming in, I like this church. This church <laughs> smells good. You know? But we, uh, you know, and, and I don't know whether they were good or not. I don't even, <laughs> I think they were. People, people came back next year. But, uh, you know, things like that where, you know, in a family, in a family, things go wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and you laugh about it later. Right then and there, you might think, oh, this is a catastrophe. <laughs> But later you laugh about it and you think, man, that was nuts. Let's do that again, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, early on, early on with Life Church, um, you know, like I said, there was, I think that first Sunday there was nine. And I don't even remember what I preached about. It might have been, a, I think it was the Holy Spirit. And five of the nine people left. And so I called Pastor Randy Blankenship and I said, hey, Pastor Randy, this thing's kind of going the wrong direction. And he's like, oh, Tim, that's just a backdoor revival. You know? <laughs> Tell me more about this because I think I, I might have a new ministry, you know. <laughs> I could just travel around and do uh, backdoor revivals, you know. I mean, it, it, you know, it's just, it just one of those things to where I, I felt defeated. And then people like Dallas and Sarah and Bob and Judy and Mary Lancer and, you know, and, and some, of the, some of the ones early on. And I want to apologize to you guys. Just, I've written a formal apology for uh, putting <laughs> you through uh, my sermons all those years. I know I could tell that you guys were confused. I was too. No, he can. <laughs> he, was, he was always my heckler. I could count on oh, him. He, to, he, he kept that going. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he keeps people awake. Oh, if he can stay awake, <laughs> if he can stay awake, he, he'll keep everybody else awake with his heckling. So it's a win-win. 
so much of what um, you know you're you're doing early on as you're building a culture within the church and they cared about the next family coming in right and so people put their hands to the plow they didn't look back they worked hard and you know there was there was always something new to start you you look at a church you go there's holes there's holes there's like Jesus said the poor you will always have well ministry you will always have there there are holes everywhere and we're aware of them most of the time you know <laughs> but but you're just trying to be you, made aware yeah of or them. you'll be made aware somebody will tell yeah. you there's a hole um but you're try you're trying to just get everybody to see that we all have to reach out together it's not the pastor's job the pastor's the equipper it's the people and then and then when they care that culture is just working you know you can feel it when you come in the door you can like pastor tina said when when you know somebody calls out your name norm you know when you walk in it, they, you can feel that that love but it it starts from you know you got to be willing to share your own story you got to be able to share the the hope that you have and that's really where evangelism starts you have to you know not be trying to say that you've got it all together we all know that we don't have it together we all know that we're sinners saved by the grace of god and that if we really were honest with ourselves our lives lack in a lot of ways people can can totally uh they can identify with that whenever you have that kind of spirit that says hey there's no perfect people in this house we serve a perfect savior but we're just all a bunch of messed up people but but we got a great savior right and so you start to share the the hope that you have and i think that we can't ever as we grow as a church ever think well you know just our marketing is gonna yeah that's gonna cause the church to grow yeah we, we put money into marketing and there's probably some of you that are here because you heard of a, a radio ad or something like that but that can't be what we expect to grow the church you know uh they, they used to say that 85, when we were kids, it was 85% of all church growth was friends bringing friends. And I think today that's probably gone down to probably like 60 or 65% because of how much people do go to like websites and stuff like that. But, but how, you know, you think about who invited you to come. You know, who, who made you feel welcome when you came? Who, who shared their story and made Christ Man, you need Christ. I think I might need Christ too, you know? So it's, it's sharing that hope that we have. You know, um, there's, a, there's a common theme that people on the outside looking in share. It's, well, I don't want to go to church. Bunch of hypocrites. Anybody ever heard that? Bunch of hypocrites. You know, we are justified by faith it is a free gift of god's grace there's nothing you can ever do to deserve it god made a way through jesus christ and when we repent of our sins and we believe in him we're justified right things are made right and then we're adopted again it's a free gift of god's grace there is not a single thing any one of us have done to ever we're not good enough right we're sinners so here we are we're a family we're the body of christ <clears throat> we've been justified we've been adopted we're, we're sons and daughters 
And then comes the third part, and this is the part where we have to be an active participant, the sanctification. And that's through Jesus, through the gospel, the word, it's through the, the work of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if you've not felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm not talking about guilt or shame. I'm talking about the work of conviction of the Holy Spirit. If, he's not, if you've not been hearing his voice, take a deep breath, you know, pl you know plug in, tune in, tune in to his voice because he's wanting to change us. He's wanting to make us into something. So that work of sanctification and becoming and becoming more like Jesus, becoming the righteousness of Christ so that we can be useful, all right? In a house of, there's many, many instruments, some of noble purpose and some of ignoble purpose. If you want to be used by God, you know, just, just latch on. Latch on and become the hands and feet. Become an instrument that, that God can use in your community. You know, it, I think it is an indictment when people see shenanigans going on in a church and they're like, ah, I'm not going there. We want to be this church that is offering hope to where we can go to our, um, you know, our neighbors, our friends, our, our coworkers and say, hey, I got a place. I want you to come. I want you to come with me. And this is where and this is when. How many of you have ever talked to someone, you met, a neighbor, and you're like, hey, let's get together and let's get together for lunch. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And you don't ever tell them where or when. Guess what? You don't really want to get together with them for lunch. <laughs> you know, am I right? You know, it's the same thing with, uh, with inviting neighbors to church. Hey, why don't you come to church with me sometime? Do we want them to come? Is there room for them? Is there room in our car? Is there room for us to bring them along in the busyness of our lives? So, so tell them, say, you know, am I getting ahead of myself or yourself? You're fine. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so so if, 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 we're offering, if we're offering hope and we're being that beacon of hope to them, you know, let's give them a, let's give them a, a, a direct invite Let's tell them, you know, th these are some things that just came into my mind. If Jesus is the answer, is, the Jesus, is Jesus the answer in your life? What has is, what is he fixed? Yeah. What has he resolved in your life? Has he given you hope? Has he given you life? Has he given you a future? All we need to do is go tell. Yeah. Go tell your story. Go tell what's, what, what, what Jesus has done for you and how he's changed your life. And, and then we trust and we pray and we, we let the Holy Spirit do that work. You know, it's important in this day and age for us to have clarity. This world is confusing right now, right? I mean, it's confusing. This, our societies are confused. For us to be clear but not be critical, we're not here to criticize sinners right? We're not here to point a finger, but we're here to offer compassion, to offer love and life. You know, they will know that you are Christ's followers by your love that you have one for another. Yeah. Love each other. We can love each other well. Yeah, we right. can ma make an environment where people want to come and they want to feel uh, the, the, that, that fellowship of love and acceptance. And um, I think you know, that's really the key point of, of sharing your testimony is that you're talking about, hey, what was my life like before I found Christ? And then 
And then when I committed my life to the Lord, what changed, right? And all of us can do that. You know, I, it's, it's offering them hope, but it is exactly what you're saying. You have to be sharing, not, not just Jesus, but share your church as well. Uh, you know, in, when you're inviting somebody to come, the Bible says, you know, that many times invitations, we need to be inviting people to church, but do you, do you recognize that invitations sometimes are weak because you've given them no details to it? right? You don't really expect them to show up with you. It's like totally different when somebody says, I'm going to be there at 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to pick you up or whatever time, right? Or we're going to go to breakfast and then we're going to go to church together. We're going to go to church and then we're going to go to lunch. Like you begin to take their excuses away from them and people are far more likely to say, to say yes to that. And, and there is that aspect of when you are in, you know, you're, you're going to, build relationships with people that don't know the Lord, there is a bunch of stuff that's wrong in their life. There is a lot of dysfunction. And there was in your life too before you found Jesus and he started doing his work in you. Um, when, I, uh, when I first got into ministry at Eagle Creek Assembly of God, uh, I, I got to meet Kent and Trudy Wells. Kent was one of our deacons over there. Trudy was our office manager, and they basically became my surrogate parents because I was, I was a long way from home, and Trudy taught me how to do my checkbook and everything else. Uh, but they told a story about a man uh, named Rick, and Rick was, he didn't know the Lord, but they were witnessing to him, and, and, and Rick was running from the Lord. He would go out partying every Saturday night, and and then he would, he would not be ready for church in the morning, but they would knock at the door. Hey, Rick, come on, let's go to church. And, and Rick was hung over. And uh, Rick wasn't answering the door, but Kent and Trudy wouldn't go away. They just kept knocking at the door. And so finally Rick stumbles to the door, and they're like, okay, come on. Rick moved. I thought it was two times. Turns out it was three or four times. He would move, not tell them where he moved to. They would find him and then knock. Hey, Rick, we don't care how hungover you are. Come on, we're going to church. And he would stumble in and go to church. And, and Rick loves the Lord, you know, to this day because it's it's a mentality of saying hey I'm gonna take the excuse away I want you to come I love you I want to see your life changed you know and and that was the heart of what life church uh, you guys were doing stuff like that with 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 relationships and with playing sports together you were sharing your church with people and what do you know people started saying yes and they came yeah yeah and you know when you've got people coming in to a church of like-minded believers you know Jesus prayed that there be unity in the church and we'd be like-minded but when you when you've got people who are newly saved coming in things get really messy <laughs> things get things get nuts okay and I, I did just a quick story and my kids told me about my stories they're like dad last time you told that story it was a little bit different I was like hey I'm just filling in the blanks. There are some things up here, but you know, I just make up the rest. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, and I'm like, I'm like, enjoy it. You know, some people say you already told that story, but I've not told this version. You know? <laughs> so, so Eric, uh, Sharice Detian, I forget what her maiden name was, but Sharice, she, her parents used to live back here behind the church. And Sharice, uh, her parents started coming, and then she started coming with her parents. And Sharice, uh, 
it was, I mean, she was, she was in the world and she dressed like she was in the world. And I remember the first time she came in, I was like, where do I look? You know, <laughs> I was like, hey, nice to meet you, Sharice. You know, I was like, I was like, thank the Lord I'm tall, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and I remember thinking, okay, this is going to be a problem. I thought there are some ladies in the church that are not going to be real happy about this. And you know, not one lady in this church shamed her, chased her off, made her feel guilty, went to her, put their arms around her, you know, invited her to come to things, took her out to lunch, spent time with, you know, I, I don't have all the details. I'm filling them in for you. But, uh, <laughs> and so Sharice got saved and just got plugged in, became a beautiful part of the church and, and, and eventually, you know, they had those Is conversations. Is this the lady that came up and punched you for not saying something for so long? And then she said, she said, when were you going to say something? You're like, I just left it to the Holy Spirit. Is this, huh. this is the same one? Is this a different version? I don't, of the yeah, it's a different version. You, you might have gotten uh, version 2.3. You know? <laughs> but, uh, Okay, so fast forward. This will be quick. What time is it? We got <laughs> so then she brings her boyfriend, Eric Detian, who they ended up, and they got married after church. We did the service during service. We did the ceremony during service and then had a pitch-in meal afterwards. Holy it was, it was really cool. It was weird. <laughs> and, and so she brings Eric, and Eric is a big dude. And he had this long, like, Fu Manchu goatee-looking thing and a, I think a big black trench coat and had eyeliner and stuff. And I remember, you know, and I didn't meet him before service because they came in a little late, and I just remember coming over and looking, and I was like, <laughs> I, I think this guy's going to kill me. I mean, I'm dead serious. I, was, I, I thought, we're going to be on the news tonight. You know, this is going to be one of those active shooter kind of situations. And, you know, and I was just like, Lord Jesus, help us. And the, and the expression on his face, I saw hatred. I hmm. saw anger. And the people of this church just gave, gave him room, gave him room to grow, gave, him, gave the Holy Spirit opportunity to soften his heart. And, and through the love and the kindness and the generosity of the people of the church, fast forward a couple of years, Eric is one of the sweetest guys I've ever known in my life. Hmm. He and I taught Royal Rangers together back in this back, in this back corner. We taught, the, you know, taught hmm. you know, young, young boys how to be men of God. And, hmm. and, and Eric and Sharice, what an absolute trophy of God's grace and his mercy. And, and I think, you know, if, if the church would have taken this like, you know, hey, you don't look like us. You don't act like us. You don't talk like us. You know, we don't, yeah, we don't really, you know, Jesus, with Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you belong to Jesus. And then he works on your behavior. You know, so many churches around our nation have embraced this. Well, if you believe, hey, let's get your behavior sorted out. Maybe your dress code a little bit. Maybe your language, you know, because we don't want to hear that around here. And then once you get your behavior together, then you can belong. You know, that's not how Jesus operates. 
He operates out of this, this, this work that he's started here in this community where we just reach out in love and, and, and lost people, you know, sinners can come in and we can all grow together. We can all listen to God's word together. Yeah. And, and, and it, and but you're praying for people, right? The people that you want to see get saved. You're praying and God's changing your heart to, to care very much about them. So now you start to not worry about that. You're taking them to the Lord. Those things aren't bothering you so much. You're, you're beginning to say, well, how do I add value to their life? What can I do to serve them? And then finally, you're looking for that opportunity to, you know, come with me, come, come along, bring them, invite them. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we have to, we have to look and say, what can I do in order to bless somebody before before I ever maybe talk Jesus with them or something like that. You're, you're looking to just put a foot in the door of their life. I tried to do this with my neighbor. Uh, I, I got a neighbor that I, I don't think he uh, knows the Lord. And he, uh, one time my mower broke down and he mowed my grass for me. And I thought that was really nice. And I've noticed his grass was getting a little higher. So I thought I'll, I'll go out and mow his grass for him. He's gone. He'll come back and it'll all be nicely mowed. My plan did not work out. This is just last week because my, my belt fell off my mower when I was only one-third through his grass. <laughs> so he probably thinks I don't know what the property line is. You know, I don't know. But, but I'm working on it. I'm, not, not every attempt is going to be perfect. But, you know, you're trying to add value to their life and you're trying to look for those opportunities. Come, come and see. And, and sometimes that's by mowing a third of your neighbor's yard. That's right. You know? <laughs> That's right. We need to get you a new mower, bro. Bro, I love that mower. Um, you, you, you know, you, okay, so, so you're sharing the hope that we have. We're sharing our church with people. We're, we're saying, hey, we got something really great here. You love the people. And then you, you do eventually have to talk to them about Christ, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I think a lot of people feel very intimidated because, oh, I'm not, I'm not really trained to do that. Like, I, I think I'll mess it up, and somebody better will come along and will do it. But really, there's just a couple components to sharing your faith in Jesus, right? You first start with, with what, what's the problem in me? And all of us, you know, all humanity has problems. And, and we're all sinners. We all need Christ. So you, you start with the fact that everybody's in the very same condition, the, the situation is whether or not there's a solution to the problem. And that's where you begin to share that Jesus was your solution. This is where I, this is where I found hope. Yes. And then you've got to give them an opportunity. At the end, you've got to give them a chance to respond. We got uh, Kamal and Chelsea Madala. And uh, Kamal, if you ever hear us talk about that we have an orphanage in India, uh, this is it's it's Kamal who brought the vision for the orphanage uh, whenever he came to Indianapolis met Pastor Tim so this is at one time Life Church was growing we were talking about building a new building uh, and and they were trying to determine if that was the right thing to do and then that's where they meet with one another he shares the vision of what God wants his dad to do in India and Life Church came together to take up uh, and receive a, a miracle offering. It was the largest offering our church had ever received. It was uh, $42,000 or something like that. And they were able to build the entire orphanage uh, for that amount of money. And so uh, 
Pastor Tim and his, and his family had, had stepped out of ministry. Chrissy and I stepped in, and, and then I get told that we have an orphanage in India, and somebody needs to go dedicate that. And I was like looking around thinking, who's going to do that, right? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, that's me. I have to go to India? And I had never met Kamal before, but this man is an evangelist. I mean, I, 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 I have nicknamed him the Lion of Rajamundri, where our... Where our uh, uh, orphanage is. But one of the things that I love about Kamal is not only he has a plan, he just told me in the, in the first service, he said, I, I'm trying to win 300 people to Christ this year. Now stop and think about that. What if in our church, what if just everybody won one person to Christ and brought him to church in one year? He has 300. And I mean, he's a, when I say he's a lion, he's as bold as a lion. And he'll stop and go, tell them the gospel message, and do you want to receive Christ? And, but it is that you have to give people an opportunity to, you know, to say yes. Like, in sales, everybody knows in sales that you get to a point where you're like, okay, so when do we install this product? When do we do that? And, and if you're too afraid to say, would you like to make a commitment to Jesus? He's changed my life. He's going to change your life too. Would you, would you give Jesus an opportunity to show you how good he is? If you don't stop and give that opportunity, like you might find people so willing to just go, I thought you'd never ask. You know, uh, I had a, the first person I ever led to Christ, I was 15 years old. And and it was a, a girl, she had gotten pregnant, she was 16, she was in my youth ministry, and we had six people, and my youth leader, uh, we, were, we were talking through uh, the gospel, and she, her name was Barb, and Barb said, you know, Nathan, why don't you take her in the kitchen and, and lead her to Christ? And I, I, rem I was intimidated, my heart was beating out of my chest, and I remember I walked in there, her name was Anna, and I'm I'm explaining the gospel, and I, I think I, you know, I heard the sinner's prayer enough times. I'm thinking, okay, I think I can remember that. And, and so I led her in the sinner's prayer, and I remember her crying, and her tears were running off of her nose, and they were hitting my shoe and splattering on my shoe. And when it happened, I remember thinking, I'm 15. I remember thinking, I think I just did what I was born to do. Like, my whole life, God allowed me to be born to tell this girl about Jesus. And when you do see somebody say yes to you, I'm telling you, I, I've never been high. I've never been drunk in my life. I'm not saying that as I'm goody-goody two-shoes. But there is a high to leading somebody to Christ. That it is the greatest feeling in the world. And you're just looking for the next opportunity to get to do it. How about you, Tim? How do you, how, you, you, you've seen the church come from, you know, doing that and sharing the gospel. I mean, what, what kind of, what kind of fulfillment does that put in your heart? You know, so in life, <clears throat> I think a uh, big part of life is looking for purpose. You know, money doesn't really, it doesn't, it doesn't fill the voids. It doesn't, give you some sense of oh now i've arrived you know you see you see her and hear stories of people 
jumping out of buildings, you know, multimillionaires and on and on. And, and I mean, we know that as, as believers. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people out here looking for a purpose. Just give me a reason. Just give me a reason to live for tomorrow. And just like Nathan was saying, Pastor Nathan was saying, you know, when, when we are, when we can take part in God's divine nature, and we can submit ourselves to his will in a moment, it might be just a cup of cold water in his name. Yeah. You know, just doing, doing something kind for your neighbor, mowing a third of his yard. <laughs> you know, it might be baking some cookies or, or taking over a Wix sugar cream pie. I know I remember Dallas and Sarah, the first time they brought me a, they stopped by with a Wix sugar cream pie, and I was like, Lord Jesus, thank you. I, I didn't know there was such a thing. This is awesome. You know? And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, just things like that. But when you, when, you, when you take part in God's divine nature, there is something that happens where our spirit testifies with the Holy Spirit that we are connected to God the Father. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are, we, we have a reason and it's an eternal reason. It's an eternal purpose. And, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the best times in my life uh, were on missions trips. Going and getting outside, taking, I, I remember I took like 40 uh, teenagers to El Salvador. And 39 of them came back with dysentery, you know. So <laughs> one kid was smart and all he ate was Pop-Tarts. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I remember parents would come up to me and say, what did you do to my daughter? What did you do to my son? Where is my, and I'm like, what do you mean? We did bring him back, didn't we? You know? <laughs> and they'd say, no, they're saying thank you. They're saying thank you for washing my clothes. Thank you for this house that you've provided, Dad. Thank you for, and, and the change, the impact that, that when, you, when you get outside of yourself, you know, maybe sometimes we just need to get outside of our comfort zone. What's normal? You know, just do something different. Yeah. Go for a walk. Walk the neighborhood and pray and say, hey, God, do you have a divine appointment for me? And if you see someone, you know, standing there trying to put the belt back on their mower, <laughs> dude, I got to get off that. I'm, <laughs> just come you know, over and help me fix it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, if, if, you, if you see someone standing out, that may be a divine appointment to go and to, and to talk to them and just you know, share, share Christ's love or just get to know them. Yeah. You never know what God's going to do. And it feels good. It feels good to be yeah. a part of, part of what yeah, God's amen. doing. The, I'm so grateful that you came today. Remind us where this body began 20 years ago. We don't know how long Jesus is going to tarry until he comes back. But should he tarry another 20 years, what will we do together? right? It's, it's the, uh, it's not just what gets preached from this pulpit. It's what gets preached from your heart to every new person who comes in. You live and you, you, you are the culture of life church. And we need to make sure that there's always room for one more. We need to be thinking it is my responsibility to share the gospel. The Bible says, have an answer for the faith that you profess. If you get an opportunity to share, share it. Open your mouth. I um, Sometimes I'll get on airplanes or just different places where I go. I'll, 
And I'll think to myself, if I never speak to the person next to me and we get to heaven and they say that they spent an hour sitting beside a preacher and the preacher never mentioned Christ at all. I, I, that's something that I kind of think about. And I'd love to tell you that I, I, I do it every time. I don't do it every time, but I, I, I have prayed prayers like this. And I know we, a lot of us go different places and we hope nobody talks to us. But I I, I tell the Lord, God, if uh, if you'll open a door, I'll talk to anybody if, if you'll just open a door. And you'll be shocked at what can happen. I had the, the, the chief advisor of the foreign minister of Israel sit next to me on a plane. And this is the way he started his conversation. This world is so wicked, surely the Messiah must come soon. I'm thinking, well, that's an open door. <laughs> you know? So, so I, I don't think I'm going to be able to stay quiet on this yeah. one, right? So I'm just telling you, if you pray, if you ask God, you know, at 21 days of prayer, so much of it is uh, we pray that God will change us so that we'll have the courage and the boldness to open our mouth in his name. And then he'll tell us what to say and he'll fill our mouth. You don't have to do it perfectly. You just got to. You just got to try and see what the Lord does. I want to thank you as a church for who you are and what you have done and what you're going to continue to do. But I do want to put a challenge to your heart. Could you just put your hand on your heart? And The challenge I have is would you invite one person to come to church this year? Just one person. Just take one, one person, ask them to go out to eat. Do something kind for them. Just pray for one person and that we might be able to see what God would do with us. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. Lord, for all of my friends here, I thank you for your love that you came and you found us in whatever condition. It was a mess, whatever it was. Lord, I just pray that we would have that heart that you have. Lord, you came to light up the darkness with your light. And Lord, the light doesn't come from us, but we're like the moon. We just reflect your light. But you're the light. Take us into the darkness. Lord, give us one person. Put them on our heart, even right now, that we can see them. Think, how can we touch their life for your name? Give us courage. Give us what to say in that moment. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit today to be the people you've called us to be. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done through your people here at Life Church. Lord, do it again. Keep doing it year after year. And may our eyes just be fixed on you. Lord, we do thank you for all that has been done. But Lord, we thank you for all you're calling us still to do. Lord, as you Lord, as you are just so good, build your kingdom through your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.